Press, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or so of news for today, Friday, January 19th, 2024. The House passed a stopgap measure Thursday to continue funding the federal government for the next six weeks or so, putting a bill on President Biden's desk the day before a shutdown would have begun. 107 Republicans voted with all but two Democrats to pass the temporary spending measure, the third time since October that a continuing resolution was passed to fund the government in lieu of a deal on a full year of government spending. House Speaker Mike Johnson now has until March 8th to convince Republicans to support the $1.66 trillion budget deal he struck with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer at the same time that he is trying to negotiate a package that would provide aid to Ukraine and Israel that also includes measures to enhance border security. House Freedom Caucus members and other Republicans continue to press Johnson to scrap the budget deal and also extract more for the border and the threat of a vote to oust him from the speakership remains ever-present, with Marjorie Taylor Greene claiming she would file a motion to vacate if he pushed through Ukraine funding, and House Freedom Caucus Chair Bob Good saying that the current border deal would be a purely superficial measure that allowed Democrats to claim that they were serious about the border without actually doing anything. Republican infighting also erupted this week between the MAGA wing and the Freedom Caucus because Good has endorsed Ron DeSantis for president, leading Marjorie Taylor Greene to call him a traitor, and for Montana rep Ryan Zinke to announce he's going to help mount a primary challenge against Good. Good called Trump the best president of my lifetime again this week, but that is seen as insufficient to the cause. Japan became just the fifth nation to successfully achieve a soft landing on the moon when their smart lander for investigating moon, or SLIM, touched down on the surface a little bit after 10 a.m. Eastern this morning. The spacecraft appeared to accomplish its goals more or less exactly as planned, according to a live feed of telemetry streamed by the Japanese Space Agency. But it appears its solar panels, used to power the batteries on the lander, have malfunctioned for as yet unknown reasons, as they are not generating electricity as expected. If the problem isn't resolved soon, the probe will be completely dead just a few hours after landing. SLIM was designed as a lightweight, relatively cheap proof-of-concept lander. It was attempting to become the first spacecraft to land with something like precision on the surface. Nicknamed Moon Sniper, the lander uses a number of cameras to take pictures of the surface and an image-matching algorithm to orient itself relative to the intended target, allowing it to adjust course before final touchdown. Japanese officials said it would be about a month before it could be determined how close to the landing site SLIM managed to get. The goal was to be within 100 meters of a particular spot they had chosen, significantly more precise than the typical landing zone of several kilometers. The lander unleashed two wheeled moon probes after landing and hoped to accomplish approximately two weeks' worth of experiments and data measurements, but that will not be possible if the solar panels don't regain functionality. A brief editorial aside, it had somehow never occurred to me that picking out a particular spot to land on the moon was so difficult as to never have really been tried before. How hard can it be? What with math and science and computers and all that. 
Then I remembered that the moon is 240,000 miles away, whipping around the Earth at 2,300 miles per hour as the Earth spins at 1,000 miles per hour while it moves around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour and that a spacecraft is just a hunk of metal being propelled via explosive at a speed of at least 25,000 miles per hour just to get off the planet and that every little bit of thrust uses up fuel that then changes the mass of the spacecraft and alters every calculation that produced the answer to the last question, such that the margin of error for landing on a particular football field-sized spot on the moon must be just staggeringly tiny. And that earlier this week, I had to back my car out of a parking spot at Wegmans and pull it back in because I parked it on the white line. So, good on you for trying, Japan. In even briefer news, all three major stock market averages were up for the year as of Friday afternoon, with the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average flirting with all-time high finishes. Since January of 2019, the S&P is up 81%, the Dow is up 53%, and the Nasdaq is up 113%. Of course, the stock market is not the economy. Approximately just one-third of Americans say the economy is good, according to recent polls. Donald Trump's attorneys, in a filing to the Supreme Court on Thursday, warned that, quote, chaos and bedlam, end quote, would result if he were kept off the presidential ballot in Colorado and other states this November. Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County, Georgia, district attorney, who has charged Donald Trump and nearly 20 of his associates for criminal election interference in 2020, is now claiming in court that a subpoena sought to compel testimony from her in a divorce proceeding is an attempt to obstruct and interfere with her case against the former president. Willis is alleged to have engaged in an extramarital affair with the special counsel she hired to prosecute Trump, Nathan Wade, at whose divorce she has been requested to give testimony. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott will endorse Donald Trump ahead of Tuesday's New Hampshire primary contest, changing no one's mind about anything, but no doubt causing former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley a great deal of personal upset. And the Department of Defense will install rooftop solar panels on the Pentagon as part of a push to get the 6.6 million square foot building to a net zero energy cost. Finally, in When It Rains, It Pours news, a Boeing 747 cargo plane returned to Miami International Airport shortly after takeoff for an emergency landing after an engine malfunction led to hundreds of feet of flames shooting out of the aircraft over the Miami sky Thursday night. A preliminary investigation of the plane after the safe landing revealed a softball-sized hole over one of the engines, a source told NBC News. On Wednesday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken was forced to switch planes when trying to leave Zurich, as the Boeing 737 he and his traveling party expected to fly out in experienced an oxygen leak shortly after boarding. All this as Boeing reels from the grounding of its 737 MAX 9 aircraft following a dramatic mid-air blowout earlier this month, and as their only real rival in the commercial airline space, Airbus, announced that it had delivered more planes and secured more orders in 2023 than Boeing had. 
A brief editorial aside, Boeing is now in the unenviable position of having every little thing that happens to it become proof of greater rot and incompetence at the company, just by virtue of having their name in the news. Another way to look at what has gone on with Boeing in the last few weeks is that nearly 200 people did not die when one of their aircraft suffered a catastrophic fuselage failure 15,000 feet in the sky. Antony Blinken and half the senior staff of the State Department and a bunch of American journalists did not die of oxygen poisoning on a flight back to the U.S. because the problem was identified before takeoff. And a cargo plane that suffered a visually spectacular engine failure over Miami resulted in a safe return to the ground and no injuries. Instead, Everything is a disaster, with weirdos on the right blaming woke hiring practices and weirdos on the left blaming capitalism, while the mainstream pumps out article after article synonymizing the company's name with rot and incompetence. This is one fight against gravity that the airliner can't win. Now, here's a look at the weather. Researchers at a U.S. Department of Energy lab working with Microsoft announced earlier this month that they had identified a new material that could potentially reduce the amount of lithium required in batteries by as much as 70%. They went from idea to working prototype in just nine months and have been using the new material to power a light bulb as proof of concept. The result is good obviously, as the demand for lithium-ion batteries is expected to increase tenfold in the next decade, and lithium is a limited resource that is costly to mine. But the best part about the discovery is how they chose this one inorganic material out of a potential 32 million other options. Using artificial intelligence and supercomputers, researchers managed to sift through 32 million different materials and come up with a list of just 18 possible candidates, a process they say would have taken two decades without the AI, but was accomplished in just a week. This shows how dramatically accelerated scientific advances might be happening in the years to come, with the potential for hundreds of years of testing and experimentation able to be accomplished as part of any random engineer's doctoral work. The optimistic view is that technological progress is about to start unfolding at an unprecedented rate, that everything we've seen since Ben Franklin flew a key on a kite into a thunderstorm up until now has been an infancy, that we are on the verge of unleashing electricity's true promise in a way we cannot yet really comprehend. The less-than-optimistic view is that this sort of stuff cuts both ways, that the researchers using the supercomputers to identify promising new battery tech have a counterpart out there looking for something much more malign. But even if some overtired grad student doesn't accidentally unleash a world-eating novel bacteria that some algorithm spit out at him, there's the infinity of possibility in the other direction. Maybe this is just a symptom of my own neuroses, but I'm less concerned about what AI is capable of doing in terms of narrowing down impossibly large data sets to a handful of correct possible answers, even if those answers can be used against us. Then I am worried about the vastness of the creation it's poised to unleash. 
You've no doubt heard the infinite monkey theorem, that a monkey tip-tap-typing his way randomly on a typewriter for infinity is bound to, eventually, produce the complete works of William Shakespeare. It's a cute mathematical thought experiment, but what if said monkey were instead an effectively infinite number of monkeys typing on an infinite number of keyboards, drafting not random sequences of gibberish or even plays and sonnets, but entire bubbling universes, maybe as a proof of concept or test case, or maybe just because they can. Instead of an algorithm trying to scrape away at a mountain of chaff to find the one piece of valuable information inside, the machines we build will be in the all-possible world's fulfillment business. Everything that was once foreclosed on by choice or circumstance, now explorable again. The evitable, now unavoidable. The inexorable mandate to fulfill that which might or could be, exploding into the vacuum of the previously unknowable. How would a person relate to such a creation? How could a person even gaze upon it? What if what I'm talking about isn't an abstraction, but it's actually about to become our physical reality? Behold the monkey, sitting at the typewriter, drink in hand, contemplating the banana we left him for a snack, occasionally striking a key. But the algorithm has already determined, in just 15 minutes, everything he was ever going to type, given an infinite amount of time. And it has sorted it, found the infinite signal, in the infinite noise. What does the monkey do next? That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to brainironpodcast at gmail.com. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at brainiron.substack.com, where, if you would like to support this and the other podcasting and blogging endeavors of the BrainIron.com media empire, you can also become a paying subscriber. If you can think of anyone else who might enjoy whatever it is we're up to around here, please consider sharing. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you next week. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.